Alright guys, welcome back to the podcast, welcome back to Theory and Theology. On this podcast we talk about theories and cultures and spirituality and religion and all sorts of different topics. Um, I wanted to touch on um, kind of this uh, topic about uh, like silencing, like silencing and censorship kind of along those lines i know they're not exactly the same thing but just in general it's something that i've seen come up a lot and i kind of it's usually something that for me has almost naturally become Mm -hmm. like or maybe not naturally i think i've learned to view it as a warning sign um so <clears throat> censorship can be anything from you know putting a black box or you know bleeping out you know bleeping out audio words or phrases that don't meet um the criteria expected um that don't meet some kind of standards that somebody along the lines uh, thought that those standards shouldn't be crossed and shouldn't be uh, heard by others or visually seen. So that's where you see like those kind of sticker looking things or like, like things that are like fuzzed out or um you know those black boxes where it's just like a black area um or things kind of uh even um skewed a bit to sound like this is what is true but kind of like manipulated. I don't know if that's considered censorship, but it's kind of along the same lines with like, you know, you see it with like propaganda and like just kind of like an agenda to sway opinions um, towards one way or another. It's kind of like within that realm. Um, And silencing more so like authorities or somebody but it's usually authorities some form of an authority figure whether it's a a teacher or a nurse or a parent or a minister or you know the founder of an organization there's somebody who's saying um oh what was I even trying to say like yeah, with silencing, they're basically um, pressuring somebody, usually who's already spoken up about something. They're pressuring them to stop. Um, usually, there's not silencing before before something occurs, but there is kind of that threat that you will be silenced um, with some types of groups or information that they would like to keep to themselves 
So usually the reason why these things spark like a red flag for me is because I start to think, well, what are they trying to hide? What are they trying to hide? Like, why would somebody prefer someone else's content, meaning someone else's viewpoint or opinion or creative expression? Why would somebody else prefer that to be altered from the original content to meet some kind of standard, right? Especially usually because the people who are um, creating that content don't fully believe or follow the standard that they're breaking according to whatever the other group thinks, right? So usually it's like a conflict already of ideas. And then also when it comes to, um, you know, the silencing aspect, I ask myself, why, you know, why, why can't they tell us about that? You know, the reason why I, why I, you know, gravitate a little more heavily towards things that, you know, are being silenced is usually because, you know, I always get interested in it. I'm like, okay, like this is a, an aspect of a culture that I don't know, or this is, you know, a type of experience of a certain group of humans that I don't really know, or, you know, this is a certain type of religion that I've come across that I've never really heard about any of this stuff, you know, it piques my interest. And so I'm like, okay, let me delve into it. And then, you know, sometimes that's where I I start seeing more and more that somebody's telling these, telling people that it's not okay to talk to outsiders in some form or another about some secret things. And usually those secret things are almost always negative. Um, Usually it exposes people's weird ideas to control and manipulate groups of people. So it usually exposes some kind of a leader's faulty uh, or some some leaders like faulty viewpoints of how they're trying to use that false idea system to brainwash and, you know, do things like that to other other either individuals or groups of people. Um, Usually that sticks out to me. It also sticks out to me because it's like you know usually when someone is trying to silence another party it's because they have a difference of opinion right usually people aren't trying to silence somebody who thinks exactly the same way as they do um and believes exactly the same way and wants to live exactly the same way usually the silencing is when someone's exposing things that someone else feels like need to be kept hidden. Um, And I always ask myself, well, what do they believe needs to be kept hidden? You know, if all these other people are following it, why is there all this information that's so hard to come by? You know, now, you know, I, I feel like there are certain groups that because I know about them, I use them as examples a lot in my scenarios and I'm not trying to like, you know, talk badly about like 
Adventists or Amish or Mennonites or whatever. Um, but, you know, if you take, for example, Amish groups, there is definitely a lack of footage of their, um, of their, um, services. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has the right to have their religion, you know, just exposed to the general public, um, that there's not supposed to be any privacy in their, in their, in their, um, religious, uh, meetings and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, I don't think cameras are always appropriate, but it always does kind of, um, especially in this day and age, it is kind of something that to me is a little hard to understand. Like why doesn't, why don't we see any footage of this? Right. Um, there was a, there was a, uh, an LDS, you know, the Church of Latter-day Saints, um, uh, Mormon, uh, temple service that, you know, got exposed, uh, somebody video recorded segments of it and posted long segments online of, you know, something you're never supposed to record this. And it's interesting because I remember when I was meeting with Mormons, um, cause I was like, whatever, it's like free classes. Like why not hear from people firsthand who have been studying how to talk about this religion? Sure. I'll meet with these, with these elders and we'll talk and we'll meet every week and we'll, you know, I'll discuss their book and all this kind of script stuff. It wasn't the Bible we were talking about. We were talking about the book of Mormon and I think I read it, if not the majority of it. And we discussed like different parts every week. Um, I told them what I was reading and my explanation of it. And they usually told me that I was kind of wrong. Um, and I, I was like, well, whatever. I don't really know what this is. I wasn't like study studying it, but I was like reading it like a one time read of something I'd never read before. So of course I kind of took their, um, explanation as, oh, I'm wrong. I'm interpreting this in this way and they're not like, I remember there was something about the Nephites. I can't remember what it was. Um, but I remember, I don't even know if that's where it was, where it was talking about the Nephites, but I remember from my own memory, and this could be so flawed because this was probably back in like 2005 or something. So I really don't know, but, um, they, I think I read something about the Nephites they were talking about like dark people or something like that, like dark skin or something like that. I mean, I could be so wrong, but I remember asking them about it and they're like, I don't remember it saying anything like that. And I'm like, okay, but this was before, you know, like I wasn't like looking things up digitally and this book was like new to me and I was like, whatever, it's a free book and you're going to teach me about it. And you, they come by every week for free and we talk about it for like almost an hour and it was you know, fun. I had nothing else to do. It, you know, I like to just meet different people from different cultures. Um, I did find it interesting. Um, the missionaries were like young and so was I. So we were like all like in our twenties or so. So it was kind of nice to just meet some 20 year olds that were around. And then I kind of realized, Oh, like these people aren't like befriending me. Like these aren't people that I can like call up and we can go do stuff together. Like 
they really just only want to talk about their religion. Like, this isn't, you know, like, this isn't, like, a, a two-way street, like, and, you know, but I was just still kind of, like, interested in it. I remember I went to their, I've talked about this before, I went to their learning center where they showed a video and, like, I got to learn about it. Um, There was stuff that I was kind of, like, aware of because I wasn't, um, you know, I noticed how they dressed, that they always dressed, like, in their shirt and, like, nice pants and stuff. And then I also noticed that when they were, you know, because it was far on another part of the city, and I went to and from with them, and they provided the transportation, and they drove me there. Um, it was guys that I was meeting with outside at a park up a hill, and then um, to go to this learning center... I remember all of a sudden here comes this lady who's about my age. I don't know if it was one or two ladies, but they just showed up. And, you know, once they got there, um, I got into the car with the women. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't even know these people. I didn't even know that they had women. You know, I never met any of the women. Like, I, I knew that Mormons, that there were Mormon women. But, I mean, I didn't know that they had a role. Like, I didn't, you know, I'd never come across them. So I didn't really know um what the heck was going on but um yeah there were there were the women and then stuff like that that I would observe where I was like this is different like I can't go in the car with the guys that I've been talking to every single week you know like they have to get like a whole different person because of gender and so that to me was interesting as well um but once they told me that I couldn't go into the temple I was a little bit like, why, you know, (laughs) like, because this was like in the middle of the week, um, in the afternoon, in the middle of the week. So, you know, it's not like they had, you know, a church right then. Um, I don't know when their services honestly happened in the temples, but they kind of started explaining that, like, you know, you already have to be like a member and you already have to be, you know, have permission after seeing the bishop. The bishop has to give you permission to go. And I was like, well, how do we talk to the bishop and get permission to go? And they're like, no, you have to be like in the religion. Like they were they didn't say exactly you have to be in the religion. But I kind of eventually got the idea that like I'm not at the level where I can go. Um, And I was just kind of like, well, that's already weird that there's like some strange secrecy. To me, that's weird when it comes to like a religion. If there's some kind of secret aspect to it that, you know, you don't really know about to me that's always like okay like that's weird it's I'm not saying it is always bad but I'm just saying um it leads me to think something's being hidden um and when things are being hidden sometimes it's hard to tell is it hidden because it's not for your age range yet is it hidden because you need to actually learn more to fully appreciate this experience But anytime somebody starts saying like, oh, like, you know, it's hidden, we can't tell you, you know, I'm usually kind of turned off at that point because I'm like, okay, you're like you're hiding something for a negative reason. Um, Now, I'm not saying there's anything inherently wrong with their temple services. I don't know. But I feel like whatever the process might be that leads you to be able to have to go or that leads you to be able to go to the temple service might involve some kind of manipulation process of you know having to keep people in line with certain rules so that they'll be eligible to go 
usually that's where those types of things stem from. It sounds like in some Amish congregations, you know, you can't do communion if you're shunned. And the communion, according to some beliefs, is what's going to make sure that, you know, you go to heaven. If Jesus comes when you haven't had communion, um, then you're not going to be saved. Um, your salvation is dependent on having communion. And it's a very public thing. Everyone would probably know if you were excluded from communion because people will know who's shunned who they can't be talking to. People will know who, you know, didn't get permission to go to communion because they won't be at communion. And so if you're not following all the rules, you're not allowed to go to communion and some in some, you know, groups. And, you know, the rules are what keep you in line with what the church expects. And if you're not doing what they expect, then they penalize you, you know, isolating you from the community and things like that. So, um, I uh, think it's interesting that, you know, there is stuff like censorship. There is stuff like uh, um, silencing um, <clears throat> or, you know, the secrecy and all that kind of stuff. It all just kind of makes me wonder. Um, but to me, they I don't know. I could be wrong. But to me, they're kind of warning flags. I'm like, if you can't just be straight up with me and give me all the information um, you know, up front, then why would I join into some group? I mean, I know there is, there is, um, I think a lot of humans do like that, you know, secret group, you're an elite member, you know, everyone kind of likes that. You even see it when people get like credit cards or AAA or whatever. Like you want that special treatment to be in a special, higher, better group. Um, you know, you want that metal card. You want that card. You know, you want to have access to like a card that, you know, other people don't have access to because um, you're doing something better. Or, like there's something that you're doing that's better that's leading you to be able to get access to that so um it shows like some level of success with certain things when you're getting like elite access to stuff um but i don't really think um that's a good approach approach to take with religion or um just you know your daily um whatever you know if you're committed to like a daily type of uh ritual and traditions i don't think there needs to be like secrecy involved in the people who have higher up positions um i don't think that they need to be hiding things because you know even if they're hiding things that are something even as as innocent as like a type of a service or like a thing like that with that secrecy and with that silencing kind of process and the censorship processes comes, you know, when there is an abusive situation, that's where people are kind of getting more and more manipulated because um, there's this secret thing that general society can't have access to. And so a lot of times, especially in religions, this happens and cults, this happens they use that secret kind of area to kind of do whatever the heck negative stuff that they want to be doing. I'm not saying that temple services are like that or whatever. I'm just saying like, usually it's like covered up by some form of secrecy. 
or silencing that like keeps people from revealing what's going on in their lives um and you know it keeps them away from authority figures who could help them it keeps them away from outside society um that could help them that could like even be aware that something might be wrong like one Amish guy was saying that like the drivers would be the outside people um that would be of use and so he was saying like he's kind of tried to reach out to some drivers um that that drive the Amish around because the the uh, drive the Amish don't have cars most of them don't have cars um most groups don't have cars um and so if they need to go somewhere they have to hire a driver and you know these drivers are usually just like any old person who's able to drive which technically usually isn't Amish um um so they you know they hire drivers you know to come pick them up and take them shopping take them places whatever if they don't want to use the buggy or whatever other transportation they might have available so that was something that I kind of thought about um where I was just kind of like yeah that's a little weird (laughs) um it's kind of a little weird but that's kind of where my mind goes when there's this weird stuff coming up where it's like okay like why is this allowed um you know because nobody speaks up but um yeah, it keeps people from speaking up, basically. But, yeah, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna vamp on this too much. I gotta go eat a late lunch. Um, I got some chicken calling my name. So, uh, with that, I'm gonna sign off of here, but thanks for listening.